Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 107 of the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick, joined as always by Derek Devine. And uh, today we're finally getting to basketball. It's been a lot of football talk, uh, but but basketball obviously has, has been impressive under Juwan Howard in his first year. Some, some good wins against North Carolina and Gonzaga. Uh, a, a not so good looking loss to Illinois and then a, a kind of a heartbreaker against Oregon. It's been a lot to digest, but uh, at uh, eight and three right now, Derek, what are we thinking about Michigan? You know, it's, it's weird. It's hard to describe how I feel. It's been honestly a mix of emotions, uh, but I will say I'm like 1000% emotionally invested uh, and a hundred percent bought into you know, this whole Juwan Howard thing, you kind of have to be. It's not like he's going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, I was someone in the camp of, you know, excited about Juwan Howard, felt like he was the best options, at least out of the, the options we saw at the surface uh, and thought that, you know, at least giving this guy a chance. Um, I thought it would it would do enough in terms of recruiting that even if they don't have the success that Michigan had under John Beeline, that I didn't think it would hurt Michigan. Uh, too bad and so excited to to see the start they did get off to um, obviously the battle of Atlantis was a ton of fun um, during the the Thanksgiving week um, but as soon as they they beat North Carolina uh, and they beat Gonzaga I mean those are really impressive wins and in the fashion they did so really just kind of blowing them out for uh, for most of those games I just didn't feel like they were a top five or what was it top four team and there just wasn't enough to base it off of. And, and when you look at Michigan State lose to Kentucky and then Kentucky loses to Evansville and um, uh, Duke goes down, I mean, all the top teams are losing. It feels like there's more parity in college basketball than, than ever before. And I just feel like when I saw that, that ranking, when they jumped from unranked to top five in the nation, one of the, one of the biggest leaps, if not tied for the biggest leap in the AP poll, I just was really hesitant and thought, you know, like they have a lot to prove. Um, going on the road at Louisville was that opportunity and they just looked really bad. They came back, allowed a lot of points, but beat, uh, Iowa, the, the kind of the weird loss to Illinois and then the heartbreaker against Oregon. So they're, I mean, they're only one in four, uh, in the, in the last, in the last, whatever, or one in three in the last four. And so it kind of slowed me down. I mean, I went from like being super excited, uh, and static and like, wow, like this could be really incredible to. Know, kind of back down to earth and, and i feel like that's where a lot of people are probably at yeah going from unranked to number four um exciting yeah sure but i think in our heart of hearts we knew that was maybe a little premature although it was very safe to say at that point michigan was underrated to start the season and maybe for good reason i mean you lose a lot of your top scorers and you have a first year head coach who's never uh, been involved in the college game other than playing at Michigan. So it, it was um, 
kind of a roller coaster as you know just feeling this team out last year when when michigan started 17 and 0 you, you look at their uh top scorers by game and only three times one time teskey two times uh john teskey once uh two times uh xavier simpson uh they they led michigan in points other than that every player who led michigan in points is is not on the team now and so you look at uh, their offensive production on the whole, I know, you know, Louisville was uh, especially bad and uh, Illinois couldn't really get things going. First half against Oregon was pretty bad, but on the whole, are you surprised that the the team has been this efficient offensively? I think I'm a little surprised, maybe with a guy like Eli Brooks. I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in, in what we had seen from him previously and then yeah like you like you mentioned when when you only had um, three times last season where guys on, on this year's roster um, led in points and if you even look at the rebound category there are plenty of times where uh, Charles Matthews led rebounds I mean there are there are time, games that Xavier Simpson led rebounds which is also crazy um, but obviously you, you lost a good portion of your scoring uh, and, and and really your, your best defender you've seen uh, in quite some time in Charles Matthews. And so to see Michigan be able to do what it did in Battle of Atlantis, I think, is really almost a sign of like what what could be. Now, North Carolina's really taken a dump. Uh, and, and Gonzaga, I think, is going to have ups and downs, as I, as I believe Michigan will, especially in this big tenant. I mean, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure I might have lost track of my days, but last I knew, and at least when this is recorded, I don't think uh, Big Ten teams won on the road yet, correct? Uh, that's something I do not know. <laughs> You're coming to the wrong person. I think it, I'm I pretty know. sure. I know Ohio State went down to Minnesota. That was a few nights ago now, but or two nights ago now, I believe. But I, I'm sure there's plenty of Big Ten games um, still probably at least tonight and then most people are playing a couple of smaller programs to to wrap up the the year but yeah I mean the Big Ten is going to be brutal and so I guess where I'm at is this feels different in the sense of last year last year they start 17 and all you kind of expect them to be you know that top 10 team with the the talent they have Um, but compared to last season um, incredible start I mean this this team feels battle-tested um, they've already had some major ups and they've already had some major downs. And I think overall that experience, uh, especially with some of the younger players getting more time or inexperienced guys getting more time, I think that will do a lot for them. And, and I think that that's where you have to start to compare, like what kind of expectations do we do we put on Juwan Howard and this team? Because with a beeline squad, you'd always say, hey, just wait till March almost. Um, or, or these guys will be good whether they lose five in the first 15 or they, they go 15 and all to start the game. You, you knew that they'd be prepared uh, at the end of the season. So we don't know what that looks like under John Howard, but I guess you've got to still be pretty confident with what we've seen. Uh, and the fact that Michigan's eight and three and, and in terms of top 10 teams, they're, they're two and two. Okay. So I want to talk about some, some things we saw against Oregon, but you brought up a, a really good point about the, uh, like the, the, the benefit of the doubt that we would give John Beeline and you know now having to uh, see where that goes with Juwan Howard, he's had some impressive wins, uh, a bad road loss, and then you know losing to a top ten team at home uh, against Oregon, where you know you had a chance uh, to win it in overtime there. 
we can get into the specifics, but I'm wondering from what you've been able to gauge from, from fans, like, are we giving Juwan Howard the same benefit of the doubt in that, you know, come, come February, come March, Michigan is going to be a, a good competitive team playing for a sweet 16 or a lead eight, or are, are we uh, going to be more nervous if, if some things go south? I think we'll definitely be no, more nervous. I don't want to, I mean, speak for anyone else because I feel like opinions, as much as we're probably all pretty happy with what we've seen, um, I think they're going to be all over the place. I think there's still probably some people who question the hire. I think there's some people that were so bought in after Battle of Atlantis that they probably thought Michigan could go undefeated. Um, now, everyone should know that, especially in the Big Ten and in college basketball, that is just very unlikely and I mean there's plenty of times where it's not even the number one seed that that wins the the national championship and so the regular season for college basketball is so different than than college football and I think that sometimes people get caught up in in that in the early basketball season they see these losses as you know detrimental and so with Juwan Howard things are just too new and so I mean my recommendation and and what I'm going to do is just kind of sit back and, and try to enjoy the season. I'm not going to place too many expectations. I do expect there to be some more like ups, and I expect there to be some really frustrating times. I think Oregon uh, is a game where you, you get down and it looks like, wow, this could maybe spiral out of control early, and uh, you fight back into it, take things to overtime, and still you, you can't stop um, the opponent from scoring. And and a guy t- from taking over, and it's just it's a frustrating way to lose, even though they did have a chance there at the end. And so I just expect it to be an up and down season, and hopefully uh, Michigan comes out, uh, finishes high in the Big Ten, and and I think that they do definitely have the potential to to do some damage in the tournament uh, when that comes around. But there's just too many things to to that need to happen right for that to to go the way that I'm hoping, and, and I just don't know. Because, man, that Big Ten schedule, if you look at just all the road games, those could literally all be lost as the way things are trending this year. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard got basically every look he wanted late in the game, finished with 23 points. And it was really surprising for everyone, I think, to see Xavier Simpson uh, pretty much get worked late in the game when when Michigan needed stops and you know a stop or two wins that game. And it just wasn't able to come up with it. But offensively, you know, Michigan needs a bucket to win. They've got enough time to draw up whatever you want. They end up uh, giving Xavier Simpson the ball, and and he drives. And it, it's not a I won't I, I won't call it a a bad look because that's a shot that he's proven he can make. But is Xavier Simpson the guy Michigan should uh, trust with the ball late in the game? You know, I don't say trust, um, you know, like obviously he, he can, he can get the ball and distribute it, uh, like, like the best of them, but is he the one you want taking that shot? You know, it's tough. And I think that that almost, you know, mixes well with what I'm, where I'm at with how to kind of look at what, where the season's been and where it's going is. I don't know who else would be the guy. I mean, you would you would like Isaiah Livers to be more of a dominant force. I mean, he's getting his buckets. Uh, he's contributing. Um, but I guess you maybe were hoping that it'd be more kind of in that takeover mode. And if you look at the other guys on the floor, I mean, you don't really have that option. I think last year 
Michigan had probably better offensive players or better offensive options, but we even talked a lot last year, like who's the go-to guy, like if Michigan needs it, like is it Charles Matthews uh, who took over in a Wisconsin uh, win? Is it uh, Jordan Poole who can catch fire? Is it Izzy Brasdakis who is just kind of powerful and can, can shoot the lights out when he's on and, and can get to the cup? And we always kind of wondered like who that guy would be. It's worse this year. I think it's even more of a question mark, but I think in that situation um, – yeah, I mean, I think ideally John Teske's in there to get that back, put that back. He's he's been tremendous around the rim, especially second chance opportunities when he when he get get his finger on the ball. But man, I just don't know who else you go to, and so I'm not surprised that Xavier Simpson was the the go to guy. And I think eventually this season, hopefully, he'll be in that situation, and, and Michigan will be able to capitalize. Yeah, you'd think Teske would also have been helpful defensively, uh, giving some assistance to Xavier Simpson on on those blow-bys, being a big presence in the lane. He was benched in favor of Brandon Johns, who the last few games has come on as a guy who's going to get a lot of rebounds and, and make a lot of scrappy plays, which is what you're looking for from a player as he's developing his shot and like you know trying trying to figure out how to be uh useful in in the score column but uh i i saw some people complain about that and i, and I saw some people say that made sense i can't remember the exact plus minus differential but, but brandon johns had a a pretty significant edge over john teske against oregon like michigan you know fared better when when he was in the game and and he had a shot to to tip one back in to win the game is brendan john someone who you think could could come on as the season continues as a as a, a player who uh does more than the scrappy stuff and and maybe eventually becomes like a a legitimate uh scorer in in some way yeah i mean he, he reminds me of dj wilson uh a lot i mean and uh, wilson's a little bit taller but i, I feel like DJ Wilson kind of came on at the right time in, in a season where um, they they weren't able to do much um, in the NCAA tournament there. But I feel like he, he reminds me of a DJ Wilson. I mean, especially the way that Michigan was playing some smaller ball. And I just feel like he has a lot of potential, but I think he's probably maybe even a season removed um, from being the go-to guy, though if he is going to be able to contribute like he has in the, in the recent games and just continue to turn it on and, and provide a spark likely off of the, the bench, um, that's huge for Michigan. I mean, they need another big-time offensive playmaker, uh, and if he can provide that and then also hold his own on defense, then it's nothing but beneficial to Michigan. But I'd say that I would need to see more, and I need to see it against great competition, the, the Michigan States, the Ohio States, uh, for me to to buy you know completely into what he can do on the floor and then uh franz wagner he, he is the player i've been paying most attention to because once he got healthy enough to come back juan howard basically said we're playing him like he's the star that he's going to become like we're not going to bring him off the bench and if he struggles we're going to keep him in there really paid off against Oregon. He had, uh, I think, 21 points, uh, a team high and, and a season high for him. And it, it, he's got a, a great, a, a smooth shot, and that's what he's known for defensively. He makes a lot of, like, really smart plays. If you just watch him off the ball, he's 
Like he's someone who who you feel like will come up with a, a good amount of steals jumping a pass lane or something like that. I I just think he's he's someone who uh has been molded the right way so far under Juan Howard because Howard definitely just trusts that uh, this thing is going to play itself out and eventually he could, you know, maybe he could become that go-to score. I mean, he, yeah, that's certainly a, a possibility. I, I don't remember who the, uh, who, who was on the call for the game against Oregon, but uh, he, he said that his big brother, Mo Wagner didn't have range like that. And I think uh, anybody who heard that uh, scratched your chin a little bit because of course Mo Wagner had range, but uh, Franz Wagner, you know, as this game continues to develop, it's, certainly plausible that that he could be the guy who gets the ball late and and you know go get a bucket and win us this game yeah i like that we first talked about um brandon johns because i think that that's a guy who you kind of hope becomes that guy and franz wagner is just a guy you're waiting to become that guy and he has the potential he's been lights out uh the last two home games obviously again one win against iowa at 18 um played really well and then then the loss against Oregon like you said 21 but he was really bad at Illinois and he was also really bad at Louisville and Louisville's the the second most minutes he's played he played 31 that game uh obviously against or- Oregon you you can count in the overtime towards the minutes um but I just feel like he's he's not gonna be as consistent maybe as we'd like him to be um, but I think that once he continues to, I think he's still turning the corner. And I think that once he, you know, gets a little bit more confidence, he seems to have that confidence at home, at least in the, the, the two times we've seen him recently. I think that he will absolutely turn into that go-to player. I mean, there's been some great times where he's gotten to the cup and it's, you know, kind of a flash of like, wow, like that's really good. Like he's, he's going to be a star, but you got to see more from him as well. And I guess what you gotta gotta hope for is that Xavier Simpson's gonna be the leader. I know that Juwan Howard's identified John Teske as a leader. I think that those two guys are gonna be important just because of the pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, Isaiah Livers, I would love to see step up as well. But if you can then add uh, Wagner and and Johns to the mix, um, get your contributions from Brooks and and especially DeJulius off the bench. Like this is a a this is a team that has a lot of potential and if they can peak at the right time, like a beeline team um, has. And I think that they have that, that chance with some of the, some same staff members and, uh, and, and the fact that these guys did play under beeline. Like I think that the guys on the roster are equipped to peak at the right time. It's just a matter of if John Howard can help contribute to that. Uh, and if they do, I mean, look out. Cause I think that this is legitimately a team that could win a big 10 tournament. Okay, so a couple tune-up games to close out the year on the 21st and the 29th, and then the first game in 2020 is against Michigan State that's on the road. How do you feel after watching Michigan uh, through most of the non-conference slate and in two conference games now against uh, a good team like Michigan State and you know, going forward, the, uh, the good teams that this conference has? So... I would say what I want to see in these tune-up games, they're going to be in front of light crowds and hopefully be blowouts. Um, I would like to see a guy like a Wagner just kind of go off. I mean, 30 might be unreasonable, um, but just something that he can get some extra confidence against maybe some lesser talented players. Even a guy like, 
Isaiah Livers. If he can just have a game where he's on fire, he's not missing. Um, just, you know, these tune-up games, I think, are a great opportunity for, for Michigan to work on some of the things that weren't working well against um, some of the better teams. And obviously it's against lesser talent again, but I think there's still plenty of schematic things that they need to work out offensively. And then, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, to, to travel to East Lansing um, as your, your first game uh, in the new year after a, a break, uh, that's going to be a challenging game. I don't think anyone should expect Michigan to, to win that game, even if they are uh, ranked ahead of, of the Spartans at that time. Uh, that's just a tough environment to play, and it's going to take performances from one of the players we mentioned uh, to beat teams like Michigan State or other t- talented teams uh, in the Big Ten. But you've got a stretch where you've got um, three out of the first four games are, are road games. And again, we've talked about how it's going to be really challenging uh, all year on the road and to have your first four games, January 5th, 9th, 12th, and 17th, three of them on the road. It's a good time to see where Michigan's at, and I think that that stretch alone will tell us a lot about kind of what we can expect moving forward. You know, someone we haven't mentioned yet, David DeJulius, I think in these two games I would like to see him uh, become a, a more consistent scorer. We we know he can put him on in a hurry. He did that against Oregon to give Michigan some life when it looked like things could get out of hand. If if he's able to to find a consistent stroke and and able to uh, solidify his role in the offense, I think you know that would be tremendous because as we know, Xavier Simpson isn't a guy who's who's gonna take you one on one and step back and, and make you respect a jump shot. Although he, he did hit a step back. That was against Oregon, I think. But yeah, he um, traveled. Traveled, yeah, he traveled. That and, works at the next level. I mean, if yes, he's, it, he's ready. in the NBA, he's ready. He's ready. He's he's been studying James Harden. Um, but but if David DeJulius can, can become another scoring threat from the guard position, I think that would be tremendous for Michigan and would help – alleviate some of that pressure on Xavier Simpson to become the scorer that uh, I just don't think he's that comfortable being. So I'd, I'd like to see some of that develop in these two games before going off to Michigan State. So uh, any final thoughts you want to add on, on this Michigan team? Just looking forward to what they can do. Again, they have a lot of potential. I think they've got a great starting five, and I think that they've got some capable people coming off the bench uh, as well, especially with Brandon Johns and, and David DeJulius. And so uh, we'll see uh, how they do when we return uh, for the new year. And, yeah, hopefully we have more podcasts about positive things than negative things. Yeah, if you're wanting to go to, to these games against uh, Presbyterian or UMass, UMass uh, Lowell, Lowell? I, it can't be Lowell. I don't know. I apologize Lowell. to all the Lowell. Yeah. I apologize to all the UMass fans out there. <laughs> These are some reasonably priced tickets. Twelve bucks and twenty bucks as of now. So go enjoy some Michigan basketball, and uh, we'll catch you later on the Go Blue Crew. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Go Blue.